Hey, this is Adam Copeland, a.k.a. the Rated R Superstar, a.k.a. Edge from WWE, also from Sci-Fi's Haven, and you're listening to the TV Times 3 Podcast. We sit glued to the TV set all night, and every night, why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of... Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 203. On this episode, we've got some news, and then we'll be discussing recent episodes of Mar- Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. God, I almost did the same thing that Amory did the other week when she called it Marvin's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for some reason. <laughs> it's a whole uh, different show. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Arrow, uh, American Horror Story Coven, uh, Haven, and The Walking Dead. Uh, you can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 203. I'm Jason the TV Holic from tvholic.com, and this week I have joining me... I'm Jason. I host the Walking Dead cast and also TV Talks Agents of Shield podcast. And I'm Jason Hughes from the Huffington Post. I'm the overnight editor over there, and then I'm also a co-host on the Antenna Free TV podcast at antennafree.tv. All right. Well, thank you both, uh, both of you, Jasons, for joining me for the uh, what I've been calling the uh, Jason Times Three episode <laughs> that's coming. Uh, we're going to all have headaches at the end trying to keep this. <laughs> yeah. This might not be worth it. <laughs> all right. So with that, we'll jump into the news. Uh, a bunch of things have been uh, released in this past week. Uh, first up on the list, uh, Amazon is set to release their uh, first two original scripted series, uh, Alpha House and Betas. Alpha House will uh, debut on Friday, November 15th, and Betas will debut on the following Friday on the 22nd. They're going to be putting out uh, the first three episodes of each of those for everybody uh, to watch. And then if you want to continue watching, they're going to put them out on a weekly basis for uh, Prime members. Or I suppose if you wanted to, they'll also let you purchase them episode by episode. Uh, What do you think of – we'll start with you, uh, Jason Hughes, on this one. What do you think of that announcement and how they're going to be uh, releasing uh, the episodes? Well, the distribution model, I have uh, some concerns about for them because that's a a Friday release, um, which could either work great for them or could become a problem because Friday's kind of still a a bit of a dead zone on TV. It's it's making a comeback in recent years, but it's it's come a long way. And we're so used to now the the Netflix model and the whole idea of, you know, you get your TV when you get your TV. I, I fear that, you know, I think these are 11 episode seasons that as the season progresses, um, people are going to forget to come back. So I'm not sure if there's a way to remind them <laughs> or, you know, I, I, I just I just fear and, and we'll never know because they'll probably won't release their ratings either. But I, I don't know that the weekly release on Fridays is going to work. I just I just don't think it will. What do you think, Jason C., Jason Capassi? This is going to be interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll see if I can't I can't do a, a different Jason way to call each of you each time <laughs> you can call me marvin yeah. <laughs> uh, Marvin's agent of shield. so uh, it's your I shield think, <laughs> <laughs> i think that um i you know who knows whether it will work i love the netflix model because you get to burn through a great series but then i also noticed that 
maybe the buzz dies quicker. You know, I kind of like when you watch weekly TV, how the buzz can kind of grow along with it, especially when you have a podcast. It's fun to get to chew on each episode for a, a whole week. So I think if it's a really good show and, and it does generate buzz, that it might actually be better to do that. And I wonder if Netflix might experiment with this model too with some of their shows. I know they just announced a bunch of Marvel shows and, and I don't know whether they've said if they're going to release those all at once or not. So I really don't know how it's going to go, but I'm kind of glad they're doing it this way just so we can see how, how it'll work, whether it'll work. Yeah, I think it's I, – I think definitely the uh, the dropping three episodes to give people a, a chance makes sense the way Amazon works because, you know, their goal is to get people to sign up for Prime, you know, <laughs> really, and uh, hopefully end up uh, – and then I think the weekly thing is also that – their goal is to get people to come back to the site weekly and hopefully also end up buying something while they're there. So I, I can see those two things. I think the, I think they may have gone with like the Friday release just because it'll be out for people to watch over the weekend type of thing. And maybe they've seen that with the looking at how people use their service, that a lot of people that the, the heavier usage is, is over the weekend that's the thing with some of the all these different services is they they don't tell you anything <laughs> so you, about yeah. how how their you know their backends work or you know any numbers or any type of things so you only kind of assume but that would be my assumption is that they've seen that a greater number of their streaming stuff happens over the weekends uh, and and so that would be possibly why they're doing that um, I think the weekly thing. It makes sense to me with that idea of, you know, the buzz dies down, you know, relatively quickly when uh, it gets binge watched. Uh, and then if once you do find out about it, like you you may hear about it from the initial launch. And then once you start watching them, you know, but like everybody else has already like seen it and they're like, oh, I'm on to something else uh, by the time uh, you're watching it. But I don't know how well it'll work with a couple of comedies of doing like weekly. There's not. I'm not yeah. sure how big a draw, like something I could see something like, you know, like an orange is the new black or, mm -hmm. or something like that, that has a, you know, some big drama element that draws you in to watch the, the next week. I could see something more with a comedy. Like if you found it funny, you might watch the rest of the episodes, but if it's not like, you know, one of the best things you've ever seen, you may sort of forget about it until eight weeks from now when I'll. 11 episodes are out and then you go out and watch the rest of them. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it, it would be much more of a home run if it's a buzzworthy show. And I don't think most comedies are like that until they've had a time, time to gather an audience like big bang theory. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to uh, see how that uh, works out here over the, the, the next couple of weeks. Uh, next up on the list, uh, BBC America and Fathom Events have announced that they're going to be playing the uh, 3D edition of the Doctor Who 50th anniversary special, uh, The Day of the Doctor, uh, at local theaters around the country on Monday, November 25th. And uh, I guess it, it's also going to be playing on the Saturday, uh, and you know, just the regular version is going to be at some theaters and stuff like that too. Uh, but if you're into wanting it to see it again uh, in 3D... I'm not a big 3D fan, so it doesn't really uh, attract me to, like, I'm I'm just looking forward to watching the episodes <laughs> Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to watch it in the theater um, because 
my two-year-old son, believe it or not, loves the show. He was Doctor Who for Halloween and everything, and I love it too. Um, I have amblyopia, which is like lazy eye, so I can't see those 3D movies, and they actually kind of bug me a little bit. But I'm going to suck it up and just go anyway. <laughs> and I'm not going to watch it. I don't if I can resist. I'm not going to watch it before that because I want my first experience to be on the big screen. So I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I'm glad they're doing this. So your this first experience is going to be a, a big screen. We're going to get a headache trying to see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's improved in recent years. The technology has improved enough that I barely notice it. But back when I was a kid, I would have to look away sometimes. Uh, With the red and the With blue, the old red you know? and blue? Yeah. <laughs> I, I might end up actually doing both if I can find it around here in 3D because I, I don't think a lot of things are worthy of 3D. They're, most of the movies that come out in 3D are, are pretty stupid and they don't need to be in 3D. But I'm such a geek for the Doctor that I think I'd go see it anyways just, just to experience it. Yeah. And then watch it on TV and then DVR and watch it again. <laughs> yeah. And I'll watch it every week until the Christmas special. Well, I think it's actually been you know like filmed in 3D because they're actually – going to be broadcasting it in 3d in britain or at least they'll have it uh, also in 3d on TV. for all, the, on for TV. all those four 3d tvs that are yeah. out there <laughs> for the handful of people and so uh i you know it, they they have it so uh, this seems overall i think it seems like a good idea but uh i'd personally rather go on, find it on saturday in a in just the regular edition on the big screen somewhere mm-hmm me too. I didn't see one around here, though. But my, uh, the guy who runs my comic book store said that he thought, I think he read a rumor that uh, uh, John Hurt's role actually was supposed to be Christopher Eccleston. Did you guys ever hear that? And that, you uh, know. The, the latest yeah. rumor that I read was that they've admitted that they've lied, 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 that John Hurt <laughs> is an earlier incarnation of the Doctor. So I'm thinking somewhere between the 96 movie and the reboot. And that, yeah. uh, so the numbers are going to be all off. Yes. Tenth Doctor is actually the 11th, 11th is the 12th, and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And that John Hurt is fills that gap. And he was right. apparently the dark Doctor who did some nasty things, which mm-hmm. would make you think he's the Time War Doctor. Right. But see, yeah, exactly. And what I heard was originally they wanted to have Christopher Eccleston be the Time War Doctor come on. And so you could have the three doctors that have played the Doctor since That's the true. revival. That he was like, amazing. no. Yeah. And he said, no. <laughs> Jerk. He's, he's too busy piling on the makeup for uh, Thor 2. I told, you know, I saw Thor and, I, and then at the end it said Christopher Eccleston. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I heard he was going to be in this. I forgot to notice. <laughs> oh, I, I, so I was looking at the... I was looking at him the whole time going, I know that guy. <laughs> I did not put together who it was. <laughs> yeah, well, that was, uh, that was me for – uh, That was me for uh, Zach Levi. I was like, wait, Zach Levi oh, was no. in as Thor 2? I saw him, I was like, that's blonde Chuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It never it, – I, I guess I didn't really like – it didn't it didn't click until I saw his name at the end. I was like, wait, that was Zach Levi? It was the blonde hair. It's very different. What did you think of just briefly Thor two? I liked it. I thought it was really good, and and if uh, Shield is really going to bounce off of it in, in a week and a half or whatever, um, they really need to do it right because Shield's got to get a lot right. They need to get the <laughs> We'll talk about that. Um, yeah, I liked it too. I, I was, uh, you know, the reviews have been I don't like Thor lukewarm, but I thought it was better than the first one. Oh, yeah, yeah, I thought it. Yeah, it was. Uh, there's, you know, there's a, a little bit more action. It was 
it was Funnier. entertaining. I liked uh, I liked the a lot of the stuff. Stellar. Stupid plot, but oh yeah. well. Well, even even, but it was like uh, I well I heard somebody like complaining about like the you know the opening of like the talking into you know. And I was like, "That's how the first one opened." Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, why would why yeah, would you want to have something different? Anthony Hopkins has a great voice. Why not use it? <laughs> yeah. Plus, That's best good. Captain America cameo ever. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, the whole theater was just lit up. Yeah, yeah. that was that yeah. that was really good. Uh, but yeah, I I really I really enjoyed it. But I, I ended up doing the uh, I watched Thor and the Avengers the night before, and then. Went and saw it in the morning. Oh, on, it was all fresh on Friday, so it was like a nice uh, triple feature. Yeah. I did that with Avengers. I watched all of the movies leading up to it, like two days before it. <laughs> I I wanted to do one of those uh, uh, in the theater movie marathons that where they were playing all the movies leading up to the you know the midnight premiere yeah. of the Avengers. I did that. I did that for Return of the King. It was exhausting. <laughs> I was there for like twelve <laughs> yeah. hours. Yeah. No more. Well, I've done the. I've done the best picture showcase thing where they do like five movies on a on a day, Good uh, job. and and stuff. And so it, I I can sit there and watch the movies. The problem was is that I couldn't get time off from work for <laughs> since, oh. since I work nights and I couldn't get off to you know to be able to go uh, in, you know, for like you know a Thursday into a Friday morning. All right, that's enough. We'll talk a little more Marvel uh, once we get to uh, prime time. But uh, well, actually, we'll talk a little bit more Marvel before we get to prime time at the end of the news here. Uh, the next thing up, uh, the CW announced that they've uh, picked up the originals, uh, Rain and the Tomorrow People, for full seasons. Uh, which you know, Rain may be kind of surprising on on that one, but the other ones are doing, I think, all right. Uh, if, you know, for the CW. Right. <laughs> so well, the, the originals is doing great. Yeah. <laughs> for the CW. And so, you know, that's uh, not surprising because, like, you know. Isn't that all of them? I don't Isn't th- that pretty much all the new shows? It's it's not like they – I mean, they have a, they have a handful of things to, to put on at midseason and stuff like that. But they also always do these large breaks for some of these shows that I figure, why not keep some of these shows and just always have new programming on, you know, like throughout the, in, the rest of the season. And uh, Fox uh, announced that uh, – uh, Damon Wayans Jr. Uh, that uh, his uh, short arc is now going turned into will be here for the rest of the season, uh, the rest of season three. I, I assume it could go past there, but uh, oh, you you already know that they're going to start negotiating to get him to come back if the show comes back. But apparently, he's already done a pilot, so there's the possibility that if his pilot were to get picked up, that they would have to jettison from the show again. Which is what happened the first time, <laughs> Yeah, which is hilarious because they're going to be like, we keep losing this guy, and he's so good. <laughs> is he, now, I've been watching uh, reruns of that and liking it a lot, but I haven't caught, caught up to him yet. He's he's really good on there. Well, if you saw him in the pilot, he was awesome in the pilot. It, it, when he came back in this latest episode, it was it was a little bit of a different character, which I guess they thought they could get away with since it's been three years. <laughs> but So there were elements of Brad from Happy Endings just a little bit in there for the fans. But uh, yeah, he he infused a whole new sense of energy into it, and I love the dynamic of the larger group. and And um, I think he could really work with the show as just a part of the cast. They don't even they don't even need to lose Winston. There's no like one black guy rule. <laughs> you can have more than one. True. Yeah. Well, you know, like something like the Big Bang Theory show that you can continue to extend out your cast and not 
Well, exactly. And, and not that, lose that things, actually improve. Considerably bigger. Yeah, that even, uh, well, maybe not a full-time, even the comic book store owner is now sort of a, a semi-regular character on yeah. the, that appears in more than just the comic book store. Uh, next up, uh, FX has picked up American Horror Story for a fourth season. Which is, uh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, which is uh, not surprising, considering uh, how well this season has been doing. Uh, but uh, uh, apparently, you know, like witches are the new vampires. So, like, <laughs> that, yeah. that, that that's really working out. Witches for, are the new vampires, or the new zombies, or something. <laughs> yeah, or something. <laughs> well, this week, both. Yeah. <laughs> Did they say anything about the the subject matter? Oh, no, no, just he, he uh, won't announce that till later. Yeah, uh, the only other thing is they they said that they were uh, trying to work out contracts with uh, Kathy Bates and uh, um, Angela Bassett. Yeah, Angela Bassett to come back. Which, uh, with Jessica Lang saying that next season is going to be her last season, they kind of need some big presence to usher on beyond fourth season because there's no reason this show just couldn't keep going if they keep coming up with ideas. And Kathy Bates and Angela Bassett are both powerhouses, so. It's, I, you know, I was almost more excited about the thought of them coming back than the fourth season <laughs> yeah. in general because I'm just they've they've been so good this season. This season has been the most focused the show's ever been, which we'll talk about more later, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert! I uh, love spoiling. <laughs> <laughs> ITV in Britain has uh, renewed a Downton Abbey for a fifth season, so uh, that's another duh. That's uh, you know, they, they've had. The fourth season just ended over over there, and apparently it was like the you know the ratings <laughs> only went up. Uh, it's uh, not Abby is there Walking Dead. Yeah, I was just going to say that <laughs> the Walking Dead, where the, the, the season by season the the ratings keep going up and up. And uh, but uh, for uh, for but for people you know looking forward to the fourth season playing here, you know that you're going to get a fifth season. That's always uh, that's always good. Do we know if it was uh, critically well received the fourth season over there? I think so. As far as I could tell, it was. I tried not to read too much about it because I haven't right. watched it. Yeah. And last season, for season three, they spoiled all kinds of stuff. If you followed the news, yeah. like oh, this guy dies, and then they die, and then they die, <laughs> die, die, die. It was like The Walking Dead. But so this season, I backed off. But I haven't heard negative comments, <laughs> so I think it's still being well received. Good. All right, and the. Uh... The last bit of news, which is sort of probably the uh, sort of the biggest announcement that came in the last week, is that uh, Marvel and Netflix are uh, have announced that they will be producing uh, four new uh, series, uh, thirteen episodes apiece, uh, based on the characters of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, uh, Iron Fist, and uh, Luke Cage, and then they will be teaming them all up in uh, the Defenders miniseries to, that will follow each of each of those, and I assume, you know, like, uh, if those work for Netflix, that they would, you know, do second seasons to follow. Of all the- or other heroes, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Or, yeah, or or start adding in some others. Uh, I think that's a, it's an interesting idea. I think it's something that if you're going to try, it makes sense to do on something like a Netflix or, you know, some sort of service like that, that, uh, it also speaks to the value of, of maybe you talked earlier about Netflix experimenting with the weekly model because you've got to figure this is all happening in Hell's Kitchen. There's going to be crossover potential. Mm-hmm. And if you dump all, what, 52 episodes 
um, on the same day or however they do it, then the crossovers aren't going to work as well because the viewers aren't going to know when to switch shows. So that this might be an experiment where um, controlling the release a little bit more to have all four feed the same story to some extent might be beneficial. Yeah, it would be interesting to see. They, they didn't really say, like, how they're, they're going to be releasing them and, and, like, are they going to release, like, you know, like a Daredevil one first and then a few months right. later, the you know, the next one. And so that they have, like, new content coming out every few months followed by, you know, so it, it'll last, like, a, you know, a year or two of of them putting this stuff out there. Mm-hmm. I would guess that's how they, they would either do it the way uh, Jason number three, I don't know, just said, <laughs> which is uh, to... We're doing it by age, aren't we? <laughs> go by weekly or do it like you just said, which is yeah, one at a time. Yeah, that's, I think it's, uh, you know, it's an interesting idea and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the only character that I have any real knowledge about is Daredevil, but uh, I'd be, you know, it's the type of... Uh, show that I, you know, that'll interest me, you know, that has some sort of, you know, people with super abilities or, you know, other types of things in the sort of comic book genre type things. And, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it's not something that you could do really on, like, you couldn't put all these shows on like ABC and then all, cause all of a sudden you'd be like the Marvel network, you know, mm-hmm. where they, and, and so I think it's not that big of a hit. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that, uh, I think that it makes sense to do uh, something like that. It's interesting that that Netflix has become big enough that you know even something big like Disney hasn't tried to put their own. I mean, I guess they have at times or whatever put their own services out there where they put this type of stuff on it, but uh, it just seems like yeah, partnering Disney up with that Netflix just, deal with them. Yeah. just just makes more sense. Yeah, and I'm they've hoping, been doing I'm so well Netflix with like back House back. of Cards and and all these other series, so they've been big hits. Uh, Arrested yeah. Development. Well, yeah, that's that'll be what's what's also interesting is with the you'll have second seasons of of those types of shows coming back as these other new shows and you know whatever else they have in development. That you know over the next couple of years, there's going to be a lot of original content coming out of Netflix. Right. With these show, I'm really, you know, excited about this. I'm, I'm, I don't think there's been any information released about the creative team behind these directors, writers. Uh, it made me wonder if Brian Bendis, who's a big comic book writer who's been trying to break in, is a part of it. I think he even created Jessica Jones. Uh, I hope so. I feel bad for that guy. They've announced. To... They've announced one. Drew Goddard was announced as the okay. showrunner and writer for Daredevil. That's good. That's cool. I am Which, you know, that guy's from Lost Buffy, so mm-hmm. it's, a, it's and he's got some Whedon connections, so Whedon, of course, keeps his fingers in the pie. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I wonder if there will be any kind of crossover potential with S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, considering they're crossing over with Thor, you know, as long as Netflix and ABC are willing to play together, I would think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that would be, uh, that, that could be interesting, too, where if... That that could be the possible more potential of, uh, like, it's less likely that you know that Thor or Iron Man or something like that is going to show up on Agents of Shield, uh, but you could end up having, say, an episode that crosses over with whatever whoever they end up having play Daredevil or something like that could 
pop up on Agents of Shield or something like that. Yeah. So, Jason Hughes, which one of those are you most interested in? Uh, probably for me, it's either Daredevil or Jessica Jones. Um, Jessica Jones had her own series that was fantastic. I think Bendis wrote it. It was back when Bendis was writing the Marvel Knights line, most of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the take I'm hoping they go for is yeah. is that darker, more down-to-earth angle. But all four characters work really well together, though I'm not sure why they're doing Defenders instead of Heroes for Hire, considering Iron Fist and Luke Cage are the Heroes for Hire. And um, Iron Fist, and, or well, Luke Cage, spoilers, everybody. Luke Cage ends up hooking up with Jessica Jones. And, I mean, the connections are already there in the Marvel Universe. Um, so I'm really hoping that the four shows weave together and, and tell one big, giant 58-episode story. Yeah, yeah. Marvel. Yeah, the, yeah, the sort of culminates with uh, them all having to team up to uh, solve the ultimate problem or whatever. Kind of like Heroes was doing and then the, before they fell apart in the second season. <laughs> before they, much like Homeland, didn't kill off a character at the end of the first That's season. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> because they didn't kill Siler, the show was broken. Just like Homeland's a piece of crap now. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the uh, that's uh, the, the news items that uh, sort of piqued my interest this uh, last uh, week. And with that, we'll jump into the primetime segment. And uh, the first show up on the on the list is uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield. Uh, Marvin, Marvin's, yeah, uh, good old Marvin. <laughs> he he's he's doing banner a banner job. Uh, they should have had Marvel do that. They really should. <laughs> is, uh, season one, episode six, uh, FZZT, or fzzt, or however you want to say it. <laughs> but uh, we'll start with uh, we'll we'll start with the uh, Walking Dead, Jason. On this one, okay. and uh, <laughs> and uh, what do you uh, what do you think of you know Agents of Shield so far and this uh, you know this last episode? Well, Agents of Shield had a lot of high expectations, and so I think um, it hasn't you know quite met those for me and for a lot of people. Some people has though. You know, I'll go into a conversation with somebody saying, you know, it looks like it has potential, and they're like, "What are you talking about? I love it." So then I feel bad. <laughs> but for me, it's been good. You know, I enjoy it. I always look forward to watching it. It seems like kind of fluffy popcorn TV to me, and I wish it could be a little meatier and something that I can't wait to find out what happens next versus something that I'm just sort of like, oh, cool, it's on. Um, but I like it. And this episode, I, I liked, there's one thing in particular. Can I go ahead and talk about this episode a little bit? Yeah. Okay. The one thing I liked in particular is I was waiting, I was getting tired of the show being about Sky all the time, and I wanted it to go more into actually Fitz and Simmons, and this one did. It, it kind of put Sky to the side a little bit. Not that I don't like her, but it was every episode. So I liked that it focused on them a little bit and made them feel more like real people versus just a little um, comedy duo over there in the corner. <laughs> So anyways, overall, I like it. I feel like it has potential to be better, and I hope it does get better. And Antenna Free, Jason. Um, I have to agree with my uh, my brilliantly named colleague, Jason. Because <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I've been – I was reviewing the show for HuffPost, and I was getting more and more frustrated as it was going along because it seemed like the show was just kind of floundering way too early on. 
and not really finding a direction or a focus or a, a big bad or any of those things that it was needing. And one of the problems that it was having was that, you know, when you watch a Whedon-esque type show, you get this fun, quirky cast of characters, and then you get to know them and you fall in love with them all. And it was taking way too long to tell us anything about anybody other than Sky. Um, and so Fitz and Simmons were the ones most desperately in need of help. They did get that this episode. And I, I, I loved the interplay between the two. Um, even though it was yet another episode without like a supervillain and just kind of a silly virus episode, I thought they handled the the drama of it well. Um, which isn't to say that I think the show has is found its direction yet because it still needs to get going somewhere because I think it's losing viewers because it, it's it feels inconsequential. There's no real sense that, that anything is happening or that they're doing anything in particular or that they have any particular focus or mission of, of a larger scale that we should come back for, and I think that's a problem. They, they've been setting up different subplots, like the whole centipede program where yeah. some malevolent force is creating superheroes for nefarious reasons perhaps. Uh, or superpowered people. Then what else? There's the whole thing about what's going on with Coulson, which they've just sort of been dragging out. Um, there's, I don't know, there's just a few different subplots that are bubbly. The, the one with the asset, like uh, somebody controlling people and, and forcing them to do their will, but we don't really know who's behind that. And so they're they're all kind of interesting, but yeah, when you watch another show like uh, that, you, like I don't know, Walking Dead or any, any really good show, I just started watching Revolution. You feel gripped by it, and for some reason, with Shield, you don't feel that sense of urgency. I think that's the thing that it's the while you know some character development for some of the other characters besides Sky uh, was definitely needed. Uh, I also liked in this episode that they made fun of how wooden Ward is. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, uh, to, they do humor well. You know, and, yeah, and, but it also actually, you know, and when but when he was able to even make fun of himself of them making fun of him, that you know, it did add a little even character moment for him in in that episode. Uh, but the thing that the show's missing the most is that overarching storyline. Uh, mm. That while you get an adventure of the week and sometimes they play into the overarching storyline and sometimes they don't, there doesn't seem to be like, what is the ultimate goal? Uh, you know, what are, uh, you know, what are they up against other than just to deal with whatever next, the next weird thing that comes up? Like it, they, they seem to need to set up the, the centipede thing, you know, mm-hmm. better uh, to, to make that more of something that they're continually looking out for, uh, you know, that could continually pop up at any time to cause, uh, cause problems. Uh, that, that seems to be the, the main thing that the, the show is missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they felt they could build it around sky and they really can't. Yeah. Well, they've, they've, I think they've done a good job in the last couple episodes of giving us, some character development for, you know, this episode was Fitz and Simmons, the, you know, the previous one where you finally find out, you know, like what Sky's deal is that, you know, she's, she's gotten into all these things while she believes some of the stuff, you know, that maybe rising tide stuff, the main reason she's been out to find out what happened to uh, her, her parents and that, 
there is something to do with shield uh you know so they've added some interesting elements in for all these different characters uh you know finally you know over the the last couple episodes but it's still at, while i look forward to the episodes because they are fun you know and they do have the humor element and stuff like that i don't you know like you know that night i i'm I, you know i like look forward to to watching it but i'm at the end of an episode i'm like i can't wait till next it's not like i'm like oh i can't wait till next week mm-hmm. where where right now the you know there's like uh you know something like the walking dead or arrow or you know even like the good wife there's like there's like a few shows or or even the blacklist right now uh that are shows out there that or even Revolution has been doing pretty good the second season of being a show where you're like, ooh, it ends in such a way where you're like, ooh, I want to see what's happening next week. And that's the element that uh, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s missing. I, I, I want to also give it a little credit, though. I mean, I think it is funny and clever and the dialogue is, is fun. And I think it also does just clever ideas really well. Like the whole thing with the um, woman being controlled and having the bionic eye and, and you know, she only finds out what to do via text messages delivered straight to her brain. Uh, things like that. Or even just this virus I liked that in this episode, that um, Simmons was the one to contract it and also she's the one most qualified to try and figure out a cure for it. I kind of like, you know, that, that kind of symmetry or whatever. Well, I like that they also attached it you know, back to the Avengers and, you know, the, yeah. you know, the, 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 the alien attack. And, you know, so that, that was all, uh, it has the evidence to it. and, you know, and the beginning of the episode with, uh, it was very X-Filesy with, you know, the floating bodies and like, you know, what's going on here type of thing. You know, they, they definitely capture the X-Files feel really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does feel like X Files. Uh, one other thing I want to say about the show is it, it's uh, headed up by Jed Whedon and Marissa Tonchron, husband and wife team. He's the brother of uh, Joss Whedon. They both also worked on Dollhouse, which was really uneven, but I loved when they got it right. I, I love that show. And the thing about that show is when they tried to do the case of the week or whatever, it sucked. And when they decided to just go headlong into the mythology of the show, that's when it was great. And so now with S.H.I.E.L.D., it's all case of the week. And it's not as as bad as, in my opinion, as Dollhouse was when it was bad. But it's not, um, you know, using their strengths that they showed in Dollhouse when they really just went into the, mythol- the overarching mythology. So I hope they will find a way to do that with S.H.I.E.L.D. somehow. They need to follow the fringe model, which started off case of the week and then things got more and more dense. And maybe not go so crazy dense that new viewers can't even figure out what's going on. Yeah, it got a lot more intense and serious and continuity driven, which I think would really serve Shield well. Well, the you know sort of the network you know even slash cable model these days seems to be to create that hybrid of case of the week with overarching story. Uh, The the thing that like I mentioned before that seems to be missing is they haven't created that compelling overarching story component (laughs) of, of, of Shield yet. Or at they're, least, doing, you know, they're doing too enough. much teasing. They're not giving us enough yes. substance. If we got like one or two centipede episode scenes that maybe didn't even involve our S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, but just we kind of saw some of the bad guys we've seen in the past doing something sinister, I think we might be compelled to go, what's going on with that? Or just something. 
Yeah, or, they need to give know, us something. Yeah, or <laughs> even you know to show that maybe they're tracking some things or something like that that uh, that seem to be connected to, uh, you know, as over a course of a couple episodes that build up to finally getting, you know, a bigger piece of information that allows that episode to focus on that thing, uh, type of thing. I don't know. It just uh, it's just I uh, you know I enjoy every episode, but it it hasn't become that. When it's sitting on the DVR, you don't feel an urgency to watch you it. Like, You're going to yeah. watch it, yeah. but... Do you feel like it has potential? Yeah, I think there's I think there's plenty of potential there. And with all the different things that they've set up, uh, there's lots of interesting things that I want to, you know, know about. Like, <laughs> it's just... Uh, it's just missing that one... I think now, after, you know, what, six episodes or whatever, that the thing that it's... It seems like we're pretty far into the show to have not giving given an overarching story uh so far it's uh it seems i don't know just seems like it should be there by now and we mentioned thor and, and there's it's been in the news that there will be some kind of connection my i have a feeling it's not going to be much of a connection somebody will say hey did you hear about that thing that happened in greenwich be oh, I'm hoping they're sent in to fetch the weird dog creature. Yeah, that... Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that would be, be awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's uh, that's that's rampaging around the outskirts of uh, of London. Uh, that would be. Somebody's got to do something about that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it'd be Shield's business. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, I think that's enough about uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And we'll move on to the next show on the list, which is uh, American Horror Story, uh, Coven, uh, season, which is the third season, uh, episode five, uh, Burn Witch Burn. And uh, I'm trying to remember, is, is Jason Cabasa, you said you've you've caught up on the on the show. So uh, both of you are watching, right? Yep. All right. So uh, well, we'll start with uh, Jason Hughes this time. Uh, what do you think of this uh, of the 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 witchy uh, the witchy version of of American Horror Story? I, I think, like I said before, it's the most focused season we've had. Um, as much as I enjoyed Asylum, it was very much uh, I was looking for the kitchen sink th- throughout that <laughs> yeah. season because ev- I mean it was just everything they could think of was in there, and it was crazy and it was entertaining. But this one feels like a really strong, cohesive story. Like it's going somewhere that that they kind of even know from the beginning, and it's it's all making sense. And and I think part of the strength of it has to do with the cast. Um, you know, Frances Conroy was underutilized last season. She's much more prominent this season. Jessica Lange's obviously uh, amazing. Um, and then you add Kathy Bates, Angela Bassett, and um, there's such wicked characters, pun intended. And um, and this latest episode, I thought, did a great job uh, with the opening flashback, um, showing us what Kathy Bates' character did to her daughters um, when they were alive. And then the whole zombie thing was weird, but made sense. But it's like, hey, zombies are hit, so let's have zombies. <laughs> and so basically, it was just a big zombie attack episode. But it, but it was effective because you understood that it was Marie Lavu or whatever Angela Bassett's character's name is creating these. She was, you know, engineering them and. And then all the stuff that uh, Jessica Lang is doing because she's so devious and wants to maintain her power and get her youth back. I mean, what I love is that there's all these motivations and motives for all these different characters, and and it's all fitting together beautifully into this story. I, it's 
it's the best season so far. It deserves the higher ratings it's been getting. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, for me, uh, I I think I watched like the first couple episodes of the first season, but I'm not a big uh, you know horror guy. It's it doesn't really you know do it for me. So I didn't watch. I didn't watch the second season, but there was something about when they once they finally got to the ads for this season that were past just the you know the weird floating witches or whatever, you know, creepy type things where they actually started showing you clips of the show and giving mm-hmm. you ideas of what the story was going to be uh, about, you know, it sort of caught my interest. Uh, apparently, you know, uh, you know, witches are, are, are the, the hot thing right now. And for whatever reason uh, that, that caught my interest. And uh, I've been, you know, enjoying the, uh, this uh, episode or this, this season of it. Uh, with, um, I, I, you know, the, the Supreme witch who's, you know, trying to, you know, is nearing her end, but is trying to, you know, keep her youth at all costs. And then, you know, you have what looks like, uh, what is the, uh, the young witch's name that was, uh, doing all the, uh, the chainsaw wielding in the episode. Zoe. Yeah. Yeah. Zoe. Zoe. Uh, she's apparently the, you know the up and coming Supreme, but doesn't know it, uh, you know, cause you had her doing all kinds of things to try and save the day, but finally actually saves the day, but doesn't really know how she did it. You know, where it even, you know, knocks, you know, Angela Bassett's character out of orbit, uh, there. And she's like, you know, wow, they've, there's something really powerful over there. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see, you know, sort of grow if she starts to realize, uh, you know, more of that. And uh, then the other storyline that was interesting was, uh, you know, the the daughter getting, you know, blinded with the acid, but then ultimately ending up with when she, when her husband grabs her hand, that she may have lost her sight, but now she has sort of this like second sight where she can like see into their past uh, and, you know, what they've been up to. So that will be interesting going forward too, I think, uh, just overall, I think it's uh, you know, they've got a lot of stuff going on, and nobody apparently stays dead very long in the show. Yeah, no. yeah, I can't believe they killed Emma Roberts off so early. Oh wait, she's they're still showing her corpse. Uh, She'll yeah. be back. They'll figure something out. Yeah, yes. and the guy, the kid, uh, what's his name? Uh, Evan Peters, Evan Kyle Peters. Yeah, all of them. They'll all be dead by the end, but they'll still be walking around. Yeah, so there's yeah. been there's there's plenty of Walking Dead going on in yeah. in, in this yeah. uh, in in this season. So, uh, Jason Capassi, what do you what do you think so far after uh, doing the uh, what you did the uh, sort of the uh, the five <laughs> episode catch up? Four episodes today. I don't recommend watching that many of these in a row. <laughs> I feel still a little shaken up by it. Um, but I love the show. I love season two a lot. I didn't care that it was all over the place. I, 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 I mean, this show, it just feels like they're like, you think that was shocking? Well, what about this? You know, they don't, they, they're just, <laughs> they, they do throw anything in there. Um, I agree this season's uh, more focused. But I love this show because it takes on, it's 
it's uncomfortable, not only in the gory and gruesomeness of it, although it has a lot of that, but also other uncomfortable subjects like infertility, slavery, teenage sexuality, aging, Satanism, voodoo, bestiality, incest, matricide, torture, and dead babies. That was all just today, you know, four episodes. <laughs> hey, they didn't stay dead. That baby didn't stay dead. <laughs> That's true. That's not so bad. <laughs> that had a happy <laughs> ending. <laughs> like this show the first scene I think of the season had torture and murder and that was just like the starting point like eh we'll just whet your appetite with a little torture um, you but, imagine if the show was on HBO <laughs> I can't believe the stuff that they can show on cable well you know sense. you would get you'd get boobs on top of all this so yes that's <laughs> what we damn it <laughs> it used to be on HBO um, I love it and um and uh, this episode, I, lo- I of course I love zombies. I mean, I'm totally into zombies, and I thought they did the zombies very well. It was I couldn't help but compare them to Walking Dead zombies, and they're different because they're voodoo zombies, but they look like the Romero undead zombies, which I think is a pretty cool combination. And I loved how they were just kind of standing outside staring into the house all creepily and then the what i also love about this show is it can be totally over the top in ways that walking dead can't so you can have zoe split a zombie completely in half with a chainsaw you know they just take all the cliches but fun (laughs) yeah i mean that's what i think this show is gratuitous but fun i really do i think a lot of times it is and i wouldn't want every show to be like that but um that's what I think this show is just it, – it, some people uh, knock it for saying it's style over substance, but I think it has big style and deep substance, and it can be very touching. And I loved the way last season it felt like it kind of ended a few episodes before the end, and then it took this weird turn and got really touching. And I thought that was very odd, but I ended up really liking it a lot. Um, and Anyway, I just, I just really, really dig this show. I mean, but the other thing that was interesting about the the zombies was that you know three of the zombies were Kathy Bates's character's daughters, you know, mm-hmm. so they had this, you know, this tie-in with the they they weren't just all just random. Some of them were like mm-hmm. uh, picked on purpose. I, I, dude, I got the feeling may, I don't know, but I thought maybe they were all her victims. Yeah, I don't know. There could have been more to that, but you couldn't really, you know. Maybe yeah. there were, there were more of that, but you definitely saw with the, you know, like her reaction when she opens the door and she's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, the zombies were more, um, they had a different focus. The zombies in the walking dead just are hungry for flesh. These ones all just wanted to kill. La la, la, la <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely an interesting season. And, you know, it's, it's got my interest. I'll be watching till the, what the thirteenth episode is that usually they do thirteen episodes? Yeah. It's usually thirteen. All right, we'll move on to the next show on the list, which is uh, Arrow season two, episode five, uh, League of Assassins. Now, uh, there's a couple shows on the list that not both of you are watching. Which is uh, which of you are watching Arrow? I've seen every episode. I haven't seen it. I heard it's good. All right, so uh, so we'll go uh, uh, Jason Hughes and uh, well, Jason Capacity. There's a show you can add to your. Uh, your catch-up list is, is Arrow. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Jason Hughes, what do you think of uh, of League of uh, you know this second season so far and uh, League of Assassins in general? 
I think the second season has imp- improved on the first season. It, you know, we talked about Shield feeling kind of light and fluffy and inconsequential, and even though, you know, he was dealing with some dark stuff in the first season, it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like Green Arrow enough to me. Like it, it, it just was him and this list, and it was all very too formulaic until we got to the end, and and obviously all hell broke loose, and then now we're in the aftermath of that, and it just feels more stronger. Uh, as a show, I, I think, and and they're more comfortable in what they're doing, and I like that he's, you know, made this vow not to kill now, and then the the, the Black Canary reveal was was very cool, because it, it adds an emotional resonance to the characters and the relationship. So I thought this this was a strong episode, because obviously it was Sarah revealing herself to her father, which has been obviously the the Quentin and. Oliver dynamic has been one of the big things throughout the whole series. And, you know, she adds a whole weird wrinkle because obviously the main reason he hates uh, Oliver is because his daughter's dead um, and his daughter left with Oliver and, and whatever. So now there's a whole different story there yeah, to and explore. With him, yeah, with him having to now, but yet keep that a secret. And he doesn't yeah. know that, you know, he doesn't know who Arrow is, Oliver. So he doesn't know that, you know, Oliver knows that she's also alive. And but you know she it, it's also, very he also has to keep it Jason. from yeah, <laughs> but he also has to keep it from I thought the interesting thing was that he had to keep it from his other daughter yeah knowing that and that uh, was a well done scene I thought between those two yeah uh, and, Laurel and and her father yeah because it's also in the spot where you know she's starting to spiral herself oh yeah badly and but yet this type of information could only put her in even more danger than she already ends up in you know on <laughs> on a bi-weekly basis <laughs> right and uh, where she's at so but yeah i think this season has definitely stepped things up from last season but i think you needed a lot of what happened last season oh i agree uh, yeah. to, to 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 have happened to to get you to this point I would say that if other Jason wants to catch up, you don't need to watch every episode last season. Mm-hmm. You could probably get away with watching the beginning and then maybe every second or third episode until you get to the last four or five. <laughs> okay. 22 episode season. Yeah. yeah. You could you could probably watch it in about 10 episodes. Okay. Just randomly pick and choose. Yeah. Well, who knows? There, There's probably a... Uh... There's probably somebody out there that, you know, if you Googled best way to watch Arrow, yeah. that has, like, essential episodes. <laughs> that has yeah. the essential episode yeah. guide. Because uh, basically there are certain character introductions that matter, and other than that, no. <laughs> got it. But this season with the League of Assassins, which, you know, if you know anything about DC Comics or the DC Universe, that's, that's Ra's al Ghul, uh, Ra's al Ghul, however you pronounce it. And they're a pretty awesome, sinister, dangerous group. So connecting uh, Sarah to that group puts immediately that big looming threat over the show of some pretty dangerous dudes, plus maybe Ra's al Ghul himself. But also tying in, you know, Malcolm Merlin to to yeah. that group as well. If that's where you know he got all his fighting skills from, uh, so you know that was that was interesting as well. The thing that I like is that you know the story I think continues to to get better. Uh, there's uh, you know, the stuff with the mom and, and all these, you know, some of the other characters that they've introduced is all interesting, but they do some of the best fight scenes Oh yeah, on TV. There, there's one fight scene in, you know, sort of some, you know, kind of abandoned factory or something like that. 
where you know the Black Canary and Arrow are fighting off three uh, people from you know a League of Assassins, uh, and there's a fight like on the ground, and there's a fight happening up on the catwalk, and but they're all in one shot. I mean, it was it was yeah. outstanding. That, that's actually one of the reasons to be excited about the League of Assassins being here, because they're all amazing fighters. And so the hand-to-hand combat that you're going to get with Oliver and Sarah, and then I'm assuming uh, Red Arrow will become a part of it eventually. And it's, yeah, the, the, the fights are very well choreographed. They do they film them well. It's, it's innovative and interesting because you've got to fight almost every episode. It's a comic book thing. Um, but you've got to make them interesting, and they manage to do that. And, and the stakes are high, so you, know, you actually are not just waiting for it to be over. You're actually interested in how it goes down. Yeah, and it's not like done in, you know, 20 seconds or something like that. There are some pretty extended, you know, fight yeah. scenes that, uh, that, that happen. I mean, this, this last episode had like three, <laughs> like, you know, with the, you know, the, in the clock tower at the end, uh, you know, they had, you know, another big fight scene and, uh, mm-hmm. it just, you know, that on top of what they've been doing with the the story elements and you know what's going on in the aftermath of what happened uh you know the the big story last season plus they they keep revealing more about the 5 years ago on the island story yeah that's been that's been the interesting thing too with uh like you know at the end of this episode when he's like dig you know uh i have i wasn't always on the island you know like cuz he doesn't talk about what happened. Right. <laughs> uh, and I think that's also been interesting to see some of that development. Uh, you know, you learn that there were more people on the island than you learn now that he's gotten off the island because there's been stuff along the whole time in the first season where you're just like, where do you learn to speak Russian? How's right. he, you know, where did he get all, you know, when he showed up in town, where did he, where did he get all these, uh, where did he ha- get all this technology from? You know, uh, like you know, he shoots an arrow in the first episode that has that stays there and is able to get into the guy's bank account through his computer, you know, type of stuff. It's like where where did the playboy that landed on the island for five years where did he come to t- back to town with all these toys? And so now he designed them with coconuts and sticks. You know, now you're getting into uh, some of that story where you're finding out how he ended, you know, how he could be part of. Uh, you know, a, a higher up in, in the Russian mob or all these other things, which, you know, the the thing that I like about it with those items is it shows me that they've planned out, you know, major, I think, you know, sort of major story arcs going into the going into the series. Yeah. And, and and slowly it looks like they're I mean, the the pace of this looks like they've got it planned out for years to come. So, yeah. But not on, but yeah, but not on like a level of where they had, you know, a, an idea of where they might go in season two, and and then once season one was over, they planned out season two and stuff like that. It really seems like they have that overarching story of at least the, like the five seasons of him on the island, you know, because each right. each season, the backstory flashbacks seem to coincide with you know one of the years on the island, and so. You have at least five seasons of that, uh, and that's the thing I really like. Well, they may not be completely married to, you know, everything. Like if something's not working, that they wouldn't necessarily keep going that direction, or if something started working really well, that they wouldn't necessarily, you know, add that in. 
but it does seem like they have a cohesive plan, uh, you know, sort of overall, like the major story points of, of this five years at, at a minimum. And I'm, I really like that, that the, that the story feels like they're not winging it from, you know, year to year or, you know, yeah. episode to episode. And I gotta say, I didn't expect to like the show as much as I ultimately do. Like I started watching it and I was like getting bored and I was like, I was watching it for my job. So I had to, but especially with this second season, I'm now watching it because I'm excited about it. You know, it started at the back half of the first season where it really felt like the stakes were raised and things mattered. And, and this second season, I mean, just everything seems to be working that they're doing. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing. As I mentioned, when we were talking about shield is arrow has become one of the handful of shows on right now that, when the episode ends, I'm like, I want to see next week's episode. I want, to, I want to see it now. I don't want to wait till next week. Exactly. Uh, you know, and there's, you know, there's very few. I mean, I watch a lot of TV, but there's, like I said, only a handful of shows that I'm that excited, you know, to, to watch the next, uh, the next episode. And uh, we'll move on to the uh, next show on the list, which is Haven, uh, season four, episode nine, uh, William. And uh, I think this also is uh, Jason Cabassi. You're not watching Haven. Never heard of it. <laughs> Never heard of it. Well, I, I believe that. <laughs> yeah, it is the it is the little show that sort of keeps on going on uh, on Sci-Fi. Uh, but uh, Jason Hughes, what what do you think of uh, where we've gotten to uh, this season with the with the troubles? I, I think it's funny that that. Jason C said he'd never heard of it because because Haven was always when I talk about it, if I mentioned this show to other people they haven't heard of it either and you know I started watching it because I grew up on Stephen King and you know it has very little to do with that Stephen King book but <laughs> I I it's it's a quiet little show that never really generates much buzz or excitement but they built a really interesting world in this little town with the troubles. And then things just kind of were chugging along. And then they really kind of threw a monkey wrench in it with the whole barn storyline last season. And then this season with the troubles evolving and changing. And I, I've been really enjoying the uh, the changes. You know, it, it's, you know, we talked about the X-Files earlier, a show that just kind of chugged along. It's Monster of the Week, Monster of the Week, occasionally something else. And that's what Haven felt like for a long time. You know, Trouble of the Week, Trouble of the Week. And now it, it's in a different world where it's really focused on this is the world we built. These are this is the mythology of this world, how this world works. And now we, that we've defined all that, we're going to turn it on its head. And now no one knows what's going on, which has been interesting to watch. Yeah, it was you know it was kind of time uh, that it, it it needed to do you know change things up uh, a little bit because. Uh, I still, you know, I started watching the first season just because I'll, I'll watch anything, you know, any, any type of scripted show that, you know, with a sci-fi bent, especially type of thing. Oh yeah. Uh, I try them all too. I'll I'll, I'll check them all out. (laughs) And so, you know, I continued to watch and, uh, you know, it built all all right. You know, it was, it was okay show, but it ended that first season with one of, I think one of the best finale episodes (laughs) a show's ever done. And that what literally left you with like, oh my god, I hope this show comes back for a second season because it's always been sort of bubble, you know, sort of a bubble show. 
And, uh, and then, you know, sort of the second season did similar and third season did similar where they, they build really well to their finales. But each season has given you a little bit more history where you found out more about, you know, Audrey and the troubles and, and her coming back, you know, every so many years and, and, you know, this rep- repetition that's going on. And then, but they built to a point where they had to do something in the storyline that they were doing. Because otherwise, the story would have had to have jumped ahead 27 years to the next time that she reappeared. And so they threw this, you know, uh, they sort of blew things up. And and while the troubles, the troubles became like intensified while she was gone, uh, there were more problems. But then when she got back, there are also some other people that came with her that when they, you know, you started seeing the people that never had troubles before started having problems or some people's troubles started changing and things that's all been really interesting. It's added a new dynamic to the show. And, uh, and then to have, you know, you find out in this episode that the William character is not necessarily the happy go lucky, helpful fellow you thought he might've been. Yeah, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) And that there's something even bigger uh, going on that, you know, they'll build over the last, you know, three episodes of the season to, I'm sure, end in such a way that you'll hope that they make a fifth season. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good at that. And ratings have been consistent, so as long as sci-fi is happy with it, I don't see why it wouldn't come back. But then yeah. Eureka had solid ratings when they decided they were done with that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, and Warehouse 13. <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, but well, with that you go. They they at least sort of got five ish seasons, so you're like bring yeah, at least you're give me a fifth, a fifth one. But the as but as with most things, I hope that they, whatever they do with this type of show, that I really hope they decide at the beginning when it's going to be the end, so that they can write toward an end. Because this will be yeah. a terrible show to where they'll just. Uh, pull it but since it's not i don't know how well it would work since it's not it's you know it's produced by e1 or whatever that uh it would work where they've been able to do things like give you know an extra six episodes to close out you know warehouse 13 or you know give an extended extra episode to close out eureka uh type of thing that this is the type of show that people have spent you know now four seasons that that's long enough. That's enough episodes. That's enough time that you, as a network, you shouldn't be allowed to to leave your your you know the people that have been watching uh, hanging uh, with this yeah, type no, of storyline. At this point, we deserve an ending. Yeah, I I think and... once a show makes you know once you get past into the thirty plus episodes and you have this type of storytelling and people have been consistently watching it and keeping it on the you know keeping it on the air to just drop it off would be a, a terrible thing to do. I think you need to write that up and get all the networks to sign that as a contract. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> Especially, you know, fans of, of sci-fi and fantasy shows, we get shows yanked from us all the time. Yeah. You know, sometimes second, third season and we get no endings. Yeah. To me, <laughs> you know, to me, like something like, uh, you know, something like alphas, you know, it's like borderline because they were only like, I think maybe even 10 episode seasons and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, it's two seasons, but you know, it's 20 episodes. You're getting, you're getting close there. I think if you get into, you know, like 
for like network TV that's like 22 episodes or you know with cable stuff where it's you know 10 to 13 episodes that you know once you get into like second you know well into like a second season on network and into a third season on like cable shows and you have this you know this deep overarching narrative type of thing that you've been telling revolution's a good example of what you're talking about if that show gets canceled this year yeah that's that's the second season they that they need to tell them going into the production of like the last six episodes or something like that we're not going to keep you so (laughs) they need to know ahead of time that's something that yeah it's gone long enough you know you're talking by the end of the season it'll it'll be your you know 44 episodes like dollhouse is a great example of a show that did that pretty well you know they found out and then they wrapped it up yeah, I think uh, you know the Fox more recently has been do has done a little better of with things that well, have gone a, a little bit. Uh, you know, <laughs> they, it's the Firefly syndrome. Even well, though that was a very short uh, series, people are still so bitter. Yeah, well, yes. see, that's that's the type of thing. Is see, I I would have liked to have seen that go on, but I'm not as huge uh, that you know it didn't it wasn't getting ratings in that you know that short season they didn't. It, it only went 13. I'm less upset about something like that than, like, if they would have just canceled Fringe at the end of, like, season two. You know, and yeah. you know, after they after you'd spent 40-something hours watching the show and they built to something, you know, really interesting. That's, I can't believe you just said that about Firefly. That's blasphemy, dude. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, I, it, but it was a shit. Compared compared to the forty four hundred, which went like four yeah, seasons, or something. something like that. There's there's yeah, something like that just, where just you know, yeah. like if they would have if they would have ended Eureka and not given them the extra episode, or if they would have ended you know Warehouse thirteen and not given them the extra six, you know, those types of things. Those are shows that yeah. you know you've gone four or five seasons. Serious investment. You know, I I'm a you know i trust me i would have liked to have seen firefly go on i mean that's one of the shows yeah. that that you know talking of dramas and stuff like that that worked well from the beginning granted mm-hmm. if fox would have actually showed it from the beginning and not right. showed that's, and that's not showed the, the 2 hour premiere last right. uh you know they thought they were helping <laughs> i mean the thing with firefly is it was obviously such a great show that had such potential for a, a future. So you know, a, a lot of shows. I, I can I, I can see what you're saying. If they only go a few shows, then you're like, okay, I can just write that off. But that really felt like something special that got killed ahead of its time. I, I think we got a brown coat on the line. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. I didn't go, you know, like, once it was over, I divorced myself of it. I wasn't, I haven't read the comics or anything, but I really liked what I saw on that show. Yeah, you know, and with that one, you know, at least we did get the movie and stuff like that. So, you know, we did get a a little bit more. And the comics are good. (laughs) The the comics are good. I think, yeah, hasn't Joss Whedon written somewhere, at least Zed or He's he's the showrunner of them or whatever, however that works. Just like the Buffy Angel series, right? Yeah, I've never been. I mean, that's that's interesting, but I've never been one that's like watched a series and went like, "Yeah, well, now I want to start reading and looking at pictures oh. about it." Yeah, I've never if, it's a, if it's a, about it, oh, I'll, I'll totally do it. <laughs> I will. But Buffy's yeah, had two more reason. seasons in comics. Yeah. <laughs> he did a great X Men series a few years back too. Weedon. True. All right. Well, we'll move on to the last show on the list, which is uh, 
uh, The Walking Dead, uh, Season 4, Episode 5, uh, Internment. And, uh, geez, I think, I think we should start with Jason Cabassi on this one. Just seems he's been he's been out of it for so long. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> You've heard of this yeah. one, right? You, you, have you have you seen The Walking Dead? Walking Dead. <laughs> In my defense, I started a podcast on this show three months before it premiered, so I did not know it was going to be this big, huge thing. Because <laughs> I love the comic when it, uh, I've been reading it since it, uh, issue seven about. 10 years ago. And, uh-huh, and I started with issue one. Uh, do you have it in your collection? Yeah, I've got all my, oh, I've got them all. Me, me. <laughs> I wish. I mean, I remember seeing it on the shelf and thinking, uh, I should check that out. And I never didn't. And then everyone kept talking about it. And so finally I did. Now that issue's worth a few hundred dollars or something. But anyway, um, Okay, so this episode uh, this week in tournament was one of my favorite episodes of the series so far. It's probably my second or third favorite episode overall. I'm loving the season so far. I love what the sickness has added because even when you have just talky scenes, there's that overarching threat, so it still feels tense. And I think it was a, a great idea. Plus, you get... Um, what I love about zombie movies that hasn't really been been that present in the walking dead before, which is zombies can appear inside where it feels like you're safe, you know, and they're just uh, popping up like daisies. Um, but, uh, I, uh, what I really liked was the scene where the zombies busted through the fence when Rick and uh, Carl were trying to shore it up and it just felt like something out of, you know, my favorite zombie movies, except it was just so well done. I thought this is just like Night of the Living Dead, except the thing that made it even better than a zombie movie is that we've had such a long time to get to know these characters and to care about them that it it, it was more intense. And so I really love that. I think there's a lot of flaws, but it's the same kind of flaws that you have in every horror movie, which is, if they, you know, Herschel, like, why? what was the point of having all those sick people go in their cells if they're not even going to lock them? I mean, that's the whole reason why everything went to hell inside the prison. If they would have just locked the cells, then it wouldn't have been so bad. But then there would be no drama. So I, I, I give that kind of thing a lot of leeway on the show. But anyway, I just think this season, I was worried about the new showrunner coming in and replacing Glenn Mazzara, who I think did a really great job. Um, but I think this is my favorite season so far, and I think he's doing a great job of balancing character development with good zombie thrills. And I just think it's going great, and I can't wait to see how, you know, I hope it keeps going in that direction. And Jason Hughes, what do you think uh, this last episode? Um, well, you know, going going off of what Jason was saying about the new showrunner, this season is the first season that it felt like the show evolved from a horror zombie show into a dramatic series. And I think that it, a lot of that has to do with the showrunner. I think the, the acting has gone up a level. The writing, um, as far as actual character moments, has gone up and gotten stronger. Uh, Herschel had an amazing episode, this latest episode. I mean, he's was long one of my favorite characters. He may be my favorite character after this episode because he's so much stronger than you would expect of a guy limping around on a fake leg. 
Um, even though it's pretty convenient that they found this beautiful prosthetic leg that fits him perfectly, um, that way they could just have him walk around yeah. <laughs> without having to do special effects and remove the, his leg all the time. Did but you, did you was, see, by the way, what that was? Because it seemed like it worked too well to me, but I guess they could have gone to some medical facility and found one or something. It seemed a little convenient that they would have found something that fit that well. Those things are yeah. fitted. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, he does limp a little, so it's not a perfect fit, I guess, we're supposed to. So but I think it's just one of those things we just have to accept and move on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought, you know, I, I thought the, the Carol storyline has been really strong this season. Herschel was really good this episode as a, a finale of sorts to the plague storyline. This was an incredibly strong episode. I, I you know, I, I agree that locking the cells would have made sense. And every time he closed them, I'm like, why aren't those locking? But the the added drama of, as a as a healer and a doctor for him of, you know, trying to save lives. And then as soon as you fail, you not only failed and they died, you have to re-kill them. Um or they're going to come after you. And and seeing it the way we saw it this episode really brought home the added dangers of this world, both physically and emotionally. I mean, that's that's a tough thing. We saw Carl have to kill his own mother, and then you know, for Herschel to have to kill his patients, and and if you don't get on it quick enough, you know, they can start to amass on you. So it was, I thought, very effective and powerful to show, like you said, you're not really safe anywhere as long as you're around other people, and danger could be lurking around every corner, and yeah, it's just. It's probably emotionally and, and as a dramatic series, it's been the strongest season so far. And this was the strongest episode so far. So they're definitely moving in the right direction. Yeah. And that was a really powerful scene at the end where he he, he held it together throughout the whole episode. And then he went into a quiet place with his Bible and just kind of let himself go. Yeah, I think overall, you know, by the end of it, it was a really good episode. And it was a, you know, a great performance for Herschel. Uh, in in the episode, but for a little bit, I don't know why I wasn't really gripped by it in the beginning of the episode. I was a little, I don't know, I wouldn't say necessarily bored uh, with the episode, but I wasn't as uh, totally gripped until, you know, maybe a little over halfway through, you know, when all wow. these different things start coming together. But there were a couple just like little weird things in the episode that was like, you know, when Rick shows back up, they had cleared out like all kinds of medications and stuff like that. And it seemed like in all the houses they had gone to, but yet, and he drops some food off for the kids and he has those trash bags full of stuff, but he, it, there never seemed to be like a handoff of, is there anything in here that might help? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, Good what, time. I was like, what, where, where did, what's, what's with that? Why, why didn't that, uh, that little scene take place? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the other thing that, just bothered me a little bit on the episode is that the way the previous episode ended is that uh, sort of the Carol being sent away storyline, you know, you were like, holy crap, what is going to be everybody's reaction to that? And, you know, while he tells a couple people, that whole thing sort of got punted for an episode. And uh, that was that, but that, I guess maybe that was cuz that was the thing i was like looking forward to like at the end of the last episode that was the thing that was like oh i can't wait till the next episode and then we got you know we didn't get much with that i don't think you're going to get it next week either <laughs> and, <laughs> and so 
you know, they they do pique your interest with the you know the governor appears there at the at the end, uh, mm-hmm. and so you know he's about to you know wreak some havoc on on this group, but the you know they they did totally amp it up with the sort of like shooting gallery zombie scene, and Carl being the one like he's the one tossing his dad you know like extra magazines and stuff like that going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's like totally in the zone for just like wiping and these wiping kind of just quick, quickly explains uh, you know you have to shift this here and it's just like teaching him how to use the gun and then Carl's badass enough that he got it and then he just goes off yeah all the way to the you know the end where they're going through and you know poking you know staking the ones in the head that are still that are still you know sort Dirty. of alive or uh or what have you. So, but that also left you in the okay. They they killed like a giant zombie horde, but didn't the, wasn't the fence still down? Wouldn't like yeah. more zombies have come? Like they seemed all very. Well, yeah, calm. they've still got a huge problem there. It's like, yeah. did they once they got rid of that major horde? Did they you know get something back up in the way or something? Because everybody seemed well, a little too calm there I know. at They're the like end. Soybeans. Um, <laughs> at, at one point, Rick had mentioned maybe we can shore it up with the bus, and then they didn't really show that. But I agree, it felt like there were a couple scenes missing. Maybe they had to be cut because the time went long or what. But the, the main one was, well, yeah, shouldn't they be hurrying up and getting those meds in? But I do think it worked because somebody mentioned that Glenn is able to breathe now, and plus just the fact that they were all calm the next morning. I think it worked, and this was supposed to be the end of that arc. But then also, yes, about the fences. Like, did they did they move the bus up against the fence, or or what? I hope that sometime in the future we'll see something different that shows. Yeah, like how they reshored they that back up. Yeah, be- yeah. Before the next group of zombies showed up, and that's another flaw too. They should have kind of done some of that shoring up back when Rick was being a farmer. You know, you don't have to wait until the zombies are pushing down the fence in order to figure out how to reinforce it. Well. <laughs> they should have done something to thin that group anyways. They've got 150 mm-hmm. zombies pushing on one six-foot section of the fence. You'd think someone would go outside and pick them off or something. Yeah, get one of those machine guns out. Well, they've had some of that uh, going on where they've had groups go out each day and they're you know jamming the the stakes through the Yeah, but the that's fence at the fence. Like then that. it just piles up on the fence. That yeah. seems like a bad idea too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, overall, it just seemed uh, – but by the you know overall, it still left you with enough stuff that you're like, okay, I still want to see Daryl's reaction to finding out about Carol. <laughs> now, now I want to see what's up with the governor, especially now that the you know sort of the the group has been thinned once again uh, right. with the with the with the plague sort of going through. I, but I think it's it's worked really well in that you know ever since you knew that. It was, you know, it was sort of like a virus, you know, from the very first season that, uh, you know, once you die, there's that's that's a that's a problem because then you started, you know, but they hadn't really dealt with anything in the idea of, you know, until a little bit last season. Like, what does that mean if you're like living with a group of people and, you know, somebody just dies in the middle of the night, you know? It, yeah. it it pretty much makes it in a world where everybody sleeps alone, you know, in a away from everybody else, so that uh, or at least you have muzzles or something. In, in case somebody, yeah, I thought the 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 zombie with the thing hanging out of his mouth, the breathing tube. It's like that that zombie's harmless. <laughs> yeah. 
Might scratch you. He's just going to give you a hug. <laughs> I th- uh, can I say what uh, the preview for next week showed, or should I not? Sure, they showed it. <laughs> yeah, they showed it. So, well, there's a, a one-minute, slightly extended version that just made it look like next week is going to be a flashback showing what the governor's been up to all this time. So we may not get the whole Daryl reaction. Which means that you have to wait so again. It's going to be yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a whole nother, uh and time-wise, once the the following week's episode, it'll probably be. Daryl walking over to them eating some soybeans. <laughs> but yeah. the next episode, we're just going to start and see what's been happening with a, a, a different well, person. Well, then we'll check while. on Carol. <laughs> yeah. 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 Then, we'll never get Daryl's like, reaction. Remember Morales from season one? That's the mid season finale. No, yeah, the, the final scene of the whole season is going to be Rick going, I asked Carol to leave. <laughs> Fade <laughs> to black. Yeah, and Daryl going what? And then yeah, then <laughs> but you know, not like a surprise. But you know, at least we all know we're going to get another season. True. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, when I watch this show and pretty much any show, I try to balance you know wanting there to be character development and plot and figure out what happens in the plot with also just sitting back and enjoying like the thrill of it and the art of it and everything and i thought this episode was particularly especially towards the end i actually jason i know what you mean in the beginning i was sort of feeling a little like come on move things along but then once the stuff really hit the fan i was like wow this makes up for any of that. <laughs> well, some of it, it starts to feel like uh, a cost-cutting measure episode where you're just like, well, we're doing a bottle episode that just takes place in, you know, inside the prison with this handful of characters that are sick, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and then, you know, it changed a little bit where you didn't have too much more. You had, you know, Rick coming back. And so you, 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 you don't know what's up with, you know, Daryl, you didn't know what was up with Daryl and the other group, you know, where they were at until they finally showed up there at the end. And uh, so it, that's that's the way it sort of felt at the beginning was like, uh, here we're going to – this is our, our Herschel-centric episode, you know, type of thing uh, mm-hmm. in the middle in the middle of the season. And sometimes those those episodes, they stand out that way you know, to, to you for a mm-hmm. little bit. And, uh, and it, it took – you know, until the second half of the episode before you, everything sort of came together. And then, you know, it had some great, you know, some big action. And, you know, like you mentioned, the scene with, you know, Herschel had, st- st- you know, had kept it together and then kind of broke down there a little bit uh, yeah. at, at the at the end. And then, you know, and then seeing, you know, just the little sign of the governor, which you knew was coming back at some point. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. My wife had a really good point about this because, uh, you know, I never really feared for Glenn's life as sick as he was. I thought maybe they might get rid of Sasha, but for some reason I just thought, I don't think Glenn's going to go out this way. And then she said, well, you know, if they really wanted to make people fear for them, they should have had this be a Glenn episode where he has some serious character development or, you know, like they did with Dale. So then when they do that and they give a character some big scenes to chew on, then, then you might fear that, okay, this is it for them. Yeah, well, it, it kind of felt like after, you know, 
what this character is built to from that this they're not going to just let him go out <laughs> to it to you know a, a virus you know type of thing right. that would have been uh that would have been a weird way for to send out a, a major character of the show yeah but if he would have had one of those scenes or episodes where he really had to go through some stuff then you might have started to think maybe yeah, yeah, we'll do that <laughs> Like, uh, you know, going back to, like, the T-Dog the episode where they actually gave him some lines of dialogue. Yeah. And you're like, oh, he's going to die. Oh, he's <laughs> I knew he was doomed when that happened. Yeah. That's why I was starting to get worried about Herschel. Oh, yeah. Totally. I think Herschel's – I think they will get rid of one, at least one major character this season. And, and I, for some reason, feel like it's going to be him. But you never know. Well, he can't run. So that's going to be a problem. But but who's going to give those moralistic speeches? Well, I did like earlier on in the season when he was like, well, I'll go with you. And Daryl's like, you know, at some point in time, we always end up running. And he was like, yeah, I'll stick. I'll just stick here. Yeah, I'll drive you in that. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you know, overall, you know, everybody, I think everybody's enjoying The Walking Dead. And uh, and that'll that'll do it for the primetime segment. Uh, and, uh, next week, Amory will be back with me and our guest will be, uh, Jenny from, uh, TV is my pacifier.com. Who's a first, first time guest on the podcast. And, uh, you can find uh, links to the news stories, uh, we talked about as well as where you can find, uh, Jason and Jason online, uh, in the show notes at tvtimes dot com slash two Oh three. Uh, let us know what you think about the shows we talked about or, uh, any of the news. Uh, send us an email at feedback at tvtimes3.com or uh, leave a comment in the show notes. And with that, I'd like to say, you know, thank uh, Selena uh, for leaving a comment about limited series and miniseries uh, on episode 202. I also hate when they call them that, but then leave it open for a second season. <laughs> that, that can get more Emmy uh, nominations that way. <laughs> and uh, also thank you to uh, Heidi for your... Uh, uh, email about revolution, which I thought was actually kind of funny that uh, one of the re I asked uh, people to send in why they had stopped watching uh, it in the second season when I think the second season has only grown and gotten you know more interesting and more interesting, yet the ratings continue to go in the opposite direction, which is weird to me. Her reason that she has stopped watching, even though she's been recording the episodes, is because the episodes are too dark and not dark in that the content in that the way that they're filmed, it's hard to see what's going on because everything's in the dark. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, in some cases she's, she thought that uh, more episodes need to take place in the day. Uh, but you know, you're going to get some dark episodes in a show that's all about not having any power. Uh, but uh, I will say that uh, a good portion of stuff that's happened in the last few episodes takes place in the day. So, you know, you should probably check out those episodes you got on the DVR. And uh, with that, the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonut. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And thanks again, uh, Jason and Jason, for uh, joining me on the podcast. I think it uh, went pretty well. Yeah, it's fun. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for having us. It was a lot of fun. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? Nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews.